so hello and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. How we doing, Matt? I mean, I all right. Um, sad. I well, sadness in my eyes. Um, obviously, the last couple of days have been a bit mental. Um, with the passing of the Queen. Um, I. It's a, a surreal country we live in sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. like a look at you know some of what's been on and just you know obviously not going to fucking you know shit on an old woman who's died or anything like that, you know what I mean? Like, there's no really, we've been our, our thoughts on the monarchy and stuff before, but like, don't think we need to like retread all grun on that one, you know what I mean? Like, right. but comments, no surprise that we're both not affected by it whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know anybody that actually meaningfully is, but they are out there, I just don't know them, you know what I mean? Like, some of the commis- commemorations have been just odd. I mean, I wouldn't normally like look to single somebody on social media. Um, but I the the one that was in my group chat and spamming all my feeds yesterday was the the fellow outside Ibrox with, you know, the front page of a free newspaper in the bottom of a drawer where I don't know if you've seen it the gaffer tape, the gaffer his, tape armband like in his blue fucking t shirt <laughs> like bowing to a, a, an empty drawer with a newspaper in it. Um, so I some of it's just been fucking surreal. Mm-hmm. So it has like I think I always knew it was going to go that way, but I I, I don't think I was quite prepared for it. Actually, I, I've been quite underwhelmed by the... I thought it was going to be like, what, Diana? Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> like an actual... But it's no... Well, it's maybe that. Maybe that's because I don't follow people, but I've, I'm with you, man. I don't know an actual person. Seen some people be like, people making jokes about an old woman dying out of order and like that sort of stuff, but I've not seen... I know, in fact, I have... So I seen somebody on uh, Instagram posted my stories like, "This is the worst day of my life. This is a day that I wished would never come." And it's just like, guys, ninety six. Like, come not on. even just the age. Like, she's an old woman, and I, she's gonna die. And like the, all the signs had been pointing that kind of way for a, like a few weeks. Ah, you she's, know, she well. appearances and, and stuff like that. But just the, I, I truly, other than people's upbringing. I truly can't understand anybody that's like actually emotionally affected by this. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Unless you fucking Aye. knew. See, oh, there's my mic then a floppy. It, it, see, unless you actually fucking knew the woman. Like, why are you grieving it's, her death? Aye. It's hard for it to make sense to me as well. It, it is one of the moments where I'm looking at certain sort of sections of the population and being like, are we even like the same species? Like, that, their outlook is so alien to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But each to their own in that respect, you know what I mean? Like, um, Why do you think people date? Like, I don't know. Like, I, like people, you've seen people at the gates of Buckingham Palace and there's like people standing there crying. I don't, why? Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, there's definitely some sort of argument for like mass hysteria. Um, like, so, uh, I, the ones that were there on whatever, what was it Thursday they announced it? Uh-huh. Um, were there in the afternoon and it was like oh the, you know the rainbow came out and everybody at Buckingham Palace was singing God Save the King and you're just like there was again really openly and sort of visibly emotional people in that crowd and you're just like I why I, I you know fair enough you can be like you know respect her service 70 years you know all the stuff about her being like a constant and like a changing world they're probably all fair to like our respect in terms of how she conducted herself and did her job and whatever else mm-hmm. you know what i mean but beyond that i'm like i i don't have that emotional connection to it whatsoever and I, you know try to be like 
right, what is it they're actually, I'm, I, I can't, I can't get there uh, can't mentally at all. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I've seen the, the term servile getting used quite a lot and like it felt quite appropriate to some of what I was seeing. But I... What does that mean? Just, I just like... Excuse my ignorance. <laughs> like placid, let's, you know, in servitude, kind of, it's in that kind of right. ballpark. Right, Um, You know, like placid, just kind of like obedient and, you know, happy to, you know, essentially be under the boot a wee bit, you know what I mean? And I... I, I don't get it. I think the, the one that really was, I was like, fucking hell, was the, the MP that stood up and was like, my six-year-old was upset, but said to me, oh, don't worry, mommy, the king will protect us now. And you're just like, why would why would you feel the need to bring that to parliament? Just quote for a six-year-old. How are you speaking to the six-year-old? Like, that, that, that a six-year-old who came away with, that this, you know, somebody like Charles, this old man with sausage fingers is going to prote protect you from what? Like, yeah. they can't even protect us for fucking gas and electricity bills. No, like, exactly. They're, they're fucking pawns, like, really? It was all very pageantry, like, I felt like quite a lot of it was quite, like, walking down Sucky Hall Street and seeing, you know, we've got these, like, ET. There are no phone boxes Aye. anymore. They're like a digital advertising screen that they can get revenue at. Yeah. And it's got like a fucking Android device thing made into it so you can make like free phone calls. They're all black. All the digital POS at the Sky Shop, all, all of the like fucking Holland and Barrett, all yeah. these shops, they're all got a photo with Queen Elizabeth II and fucking 1926 to 2022. Hi, there and was it, one on fucking Royston Road at like 200 yards from my front door slap bang outside St. Rock's Juniors and you're just like, so nabed on the Garngard Road paid for this shit. Aye, <laughs> I mean, fucking like, right. Aye, you're too right. But it all feels very like, I was saying um, this to Sean when we were watching it, it feels kind of surreal because it feels like the media are having this like real grieving like mm. you know like that but normal people are just like no it's not even like bad i don't i don't want to people to think that i'm like happy that she's died that's no. not the case but i genuinely different, like, do not give a fuck I, it's like, made no difference like she passed and immediately you know charles was charles the third but you know the monarch is a continuous thing in the country like i don't other than the name, what what has actually meaningfully changed? Like nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, in the media sense, like some it has felt like a bit, a bit enforced, you mm -hmm. know. Um, quite what I found surreal on the day was, you know, they had the announcement run about lunchtime saying she's not feeling great, you know, she's under close supervision, blah blah blah, and then. What was it, Operation London Bridge or something? Uh -huh. is, is the thing that they always spoke about the plan in the event of this particular circumstance. Yeah. And I was like, as much as I don't think anybody ever officially like confirmed or denied it, I kind of remember, but how much it then panned out the way this described, you know, BBC switches to, you know, normal programming after, you know, the main news of the evening, like six o'clock, then obviously. I was expecting that it'd be like six o'clock news, here's the announcement. But it was like they actually waited till like the six o'clock news finished. So they there was this like weird half hour of speculation. Um you know, everybody's got their black ties, everybody, you know, all, right. all that so, kind of stuff that so they knew like, had been sort of or said would happen as part of this, uh -huh. you know, Operation London Bridge thing, or I think it was Unicorn because it was in Scotland or whatever. I think there's a you know, an equivalent plan because 
he was an Aberdeen shirt or whatever. Right. Um, but I so much it panned out, and I was like, this is quite surreal to see this thing that I almost half had as a, as a a bit of a conspiracy theory adjacent type thing to to like watch it and pan out was quite interesting. I thought, um, but I that like half hour of like speculation, you know, like fake speculation uh-huh. because the guy Witchell was like talking about it in the past tense. Uh-huh. On the six o'clock bulletin, like, and then again six thirty one, boom, there's your announcement sort of thing. So I was like, that was a bit weird to me because all about date was like, oh, I was trying to speculate and yada yada yada, and then they were like, so here's a whole hour of speculation. You know what I mean? That had been at the end of like five hours of speculation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Aye, uh, yeah, of course. Of I was course, just right? like, that was all a bit weird because even Alex was sitting going, so she's she's did right, did right, yeah, and I'm like, aye, aye. she's did. You know what I mean? It's it is so weird. It's like um it is then at that point just pure like propaganda at that Aye. weird sort of like what everybody knows everybody watching this. It, there will be you know, could imagine maybe my ma sitting being like pure, Oh, I hope she's alright and you're like, Mum, she's dead. Do you know Aye. what I mean? Like that sort of like not really getting it, not really like clicking on the fact that they're on black suits, that it flashed up at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Like that she'd passed away and they're like, take that down, you know, like just stupid shit like that happened. Aye. And I think like you did, like you're saying, it does, it feels that sort of conspiracy adjacent, like the the whole JFK thing Well, there's a lot of the conspiracy of that surrounding that is about, oh, they, they found out in Russia like a couple hours before that he was dead and that means that, you know, they were breaking in and it's like, no, but they just weren't they telling you. Like, everybody knew he was fucking dead. Aye. There's an element that the protocols there to prepare the nation, quote-unquote, maybe, uh-huh. where, like, you know, this is out there and everybody knows what it means, but, you know, it's not official until it's official. You know, they all had to be there so that they can say she passed peacefully with the entire family by her side. Uh-huh. You know did you mean? watch Charles's address to the nation last night? I did not. Um, right. I was watching the new episode of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so <laughs> time better, time better spent. Well, I watched it. I watched it when I came back last night, um, and I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, before it started, that I was saying these people are only real. This this just shows how unhumane these people actually are. Like mm-hmm. the like when your parent dies like that, like how can you sit down twelve hours later and be like, right, and compose yourself? But see, to be honest, when I watched it, he kind of has to. Well, that was that was kind of like Sharon was kind of like he's been preparing for us his full life. I kind of was like I got on board with that. But what I seen was actually pleasantly surprising in the sense that I was like he genuinely looked upset, and and I was like, do you know what? It wasn't it. It felt quite heartfelt what he was saying, even though you know he did go my mom, papa, and I was kind of like, oh mate, you know. But you know, just having a wee laugh at like sort of thinking about. If your granny passed away or your mom passed away, ah, yeah. like a Glasgow Ned was today that just taking out his dad's business or whatever, and like, hey, my mom and my dad, instead of like to mama and papa. I was just having like a sort of like internal joke with myself, but um, he <laughs> actually, like, he actually looked emotional. And I think that, um, I man, I think that, yeah, they're still, they're still people, they're still people, they're people I, we don't understand and we don't have any point of reference for uh-huh. how they live their lives, but. They're still people at the end of the day, so I'm no way necessarily shutting them in that respect. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think as we've been talking, like, the, the wider shit around it has been what has been quite sort of jarring and weird and sort of fucked up in some senses. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I leave them to deal with their day yeah. in terms of their grief. You know what I mean? Hundred like, percent. I think like 
so many points to pivot to here and and I'm finding it very surreal being like King Charles the third. Mm. I'm finding it all a bit like are we in like Black Mirror or something? Do you know <laughs> do you know what I mean? Where it it doesn't feel actually real yet. Yeah. Um and I was trying to think about when or if I'd ever like observed that kind of feeling in me before because there was an element to where you're like so the stuff about it being an Indian era and all that kind of stuff is an entirely valid comment you know what I mean like, and like, I'm like it doesn't affect me personally but I'm, I was like has there ever been a time where this type of thing had affected me and I think the closest I could have ever remembered was when Pope John Paul II passed and you know a significantly younger you know wasn't it always necessarily where a some of the ways in which he tried to protect the church while he was there. Um, uh, what age were you when he died? I mean, he was very similar to the Queen in the sense that he believed that it was a lifetime appointment, that, you know, he was Pope basically until he died. And uh -huh. his suffering as he got older and ill health was a sign of, you know, the burden that he was being asked to carry by God and stuff like that. So I think when you look at the Queen and, you know, a reluctant Stephen cancelled calendar stuff right up to nearly the end, there's probably a similar, like, internalization of things like duty and stuff like that in play and i was yeah. like you know when john paul ii passed i did kind of be like oh you know kind of end in era stuff and remember stories of my mom being pregnant at bella houston and all these other things and um but i even then it was media oh that's a shame he seemed like a nice real guy and then i moved on in my life and i'm kind of there the new <laughs> like you know <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm the same i'd know. be the i'm the exact same with that like when I mean, see, to be perfectly honest, I don't even remember when he died. I Aye, this was me just, I was actually having to think back. It wasn't Aye. like something that came immediately to mind for me. I was just like, what is, do I have a comparison to this that Aye. I can try and like relate to I other remember, people? You know I, I mean? remember there being genuine sadness and like a palpable sort of national grieving when Diana died. I think the tragedy involved in that played made a big part. It, yeah, made it sort of maybe a emotional powder keg. Because it was people. such a shock. Right, I, I think maybe... Somebody asked me that, they were like, do you think that Diana's death or this one's the bigger of the two? I think Diana's just because it was like breathtakingly shocking. Mm. And also she had been complaining about the treatment of like the press yeah. and openly saying that this is scary and can we do something about this? And then the worst thing possible that could have happened happened um, die so i think that that's right but i think in in that sense people cared more as well because they felt like people related to her and more than what they would relate to the queen or charles just the average person and she was more of the people not a loyalist you know monarch mm -hmm. um uh she, this kind of felt like they'd seen her get her heart broken seen her sitting by herself at the Taj Mahal, seen her like struggle eating disorder and battle against the press and all this sort of stuff. Even so, things like, you know, I know one of the ones that has popped up in the last few days when they've been having this conversation about the comparisons between the two, you know, the things that she did for like the HIV and AIDS communities, mm -hmm. um, you know, the humanization of a lot of people that, you know, did meaningful work on things like landmines and that. I think mm -hmm. she was more connected to people at that point in time. I think she was somebody who was there to bring the royals kind of closer to the people you know what i mean like, right um but then obviously i you know the tragedy happened and all the rest of it. i don't know i think this one will be more relevant to like the history of the country you know what i mean like this is the longest serving british monarch of all time you know what i mean and yeah. regardless of what we think of the institution like you know she's now going to be talked about and remembered and 
you know, similar terms to Victoria, you know, heard Alex was like, what, what, what is that word? And it was like the second Elizabethan era. Uh-huh. And she was like, what, like, what, explain that to me. And I was like, it's just, you know, she's been a bit so long, it's a, a signifier of her time sort of thing. And explained to her about, you know, like the Victorian age and like, this is just how a certain type of person just measures yeah. time. You know what I mean? See the like, way that we have the stereotypical, or when you say to people, the Victorian age, right? We've got that, think we've, we've got sort of visions that pop into our mind. Where do you think maybe, so what we're, say in a hundred years, when people talk about the second Elizabethan era, what do you think is going to be the sort of lasting memories? Oh, fuck, I don't know, man. I think it's like so much has changed. Like the, you know, the graph of exponential progress has been mm-hmm. like extremely rapid during mm-hmm. her reign. You know what I mean? She's coming in what, what was it like 54, 52, which is, no, 52, it must have been if yeah. she's on 70. So yeah, post war she's she was in her twenties at that point. So she'd seen and experienced the war. You know what I mean? Like, all the way through a like the Beatles, civil rights, the Beatles. Uh-huh. I like it's mental into it, man. You fucking think there, about it. There and what we've interacted with all these people at all these times during all these movements. You know, I'm not sure that she was necessarily there to help any of them or whatever it is. But you know, all these big things that happened will have intersected with her or, or the household at some point you know what i mean like, so uh-huh. you know it's a tough one so just the one. change maybe Aye. like i think that's how, that's that's what i was thinking i was thinking maybe it's even just that the the level of change and rapid growth that the the country and the planet has seen while she's been at the head rather than you know like workhouses and I mean, in comparison, people still live in poverty, but in comparison to the Victorian era, it's like fucking, this is like a fucking five-star resort. I don't, <laughs> know, how next, don't know how the next couple of years are going to go, to be fair. Let's see how Liz Truss gets when we backwards as they've been, as they've been doing. But aye, that's, I, just, I don't know why that question came out. Just an interesting thought. But I aye, think, I think like, it's because a lot of the coverage was like, you know, 15 prime ministers and, you know, there was a lot aye, of like, measuring a, you know how many and have come and went in her time mm-hmm. sort of thing you know what i mean well, like, gonna have as far as the bloodline goes it's perpetual king so um she might be the last queen for a while i think probably the last queen that will fucking definitely be seen aye, you know probably what I mean? aye. unless something changes you know um don't wish uh hormone children <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like that, but just in a sort of speculative no, i think they're stacked a few boys deep at this point aye. so they all i would i mean I think that that's well, kind of a bit of a weird thing for me in the sense that they talk about again a, a reign that had so much progress and blah 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 like don't know why a queen who had the kind of tenure that she had maybe didn't think to look at the lines ahead you know make it more accessible to women in the family and stuff like that you know what I mean like maybe that was a missed opportunity I don't know mm-hmm. how would you what, what do you mean by that like just so uh, you know it was. It's obviously passed down through the men of the family uh-huh. in succession until there's name on men, and that's how when, it landed when with a her. Woman? Uh-huh, that, right. You know, almost as if she's a last resort, and it's quite weird that some of the you know mentioned all the rings were also been following the House of the Dragon thing, and that is just really like a sort of fictionalization of like Henry the Eighth. You know, mm-hmm. the king that couldn't have a son with his first wife. You know, married the chambermaid for his second wife, gave out sons that then lately didn't make it and it fell to elizabeth the first who is the wee blonde lassie riding about in her dragon the new you know what i mean like, right um but 
a lot of that is about why she can't be the queen because she's a girl. And, you know, people are really sort of reacting to that and um, being like, oh, why did the misogyny need to be included in the story? And you're like, because this is the hurdle that she will ultimately overcome to become queen is that uh -huh. she's been told all her life that she can't do it and it's a plot point, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe simmer down. But I think in this instance, maybe that is a conversation that this royal family could have had while the queen yeah. was there for so long and, you know. So if there was, <clears> so if, say, William and... Um, if their firstborn was, first was a girl, it she wouldn't would... have made any difference. She would have still been right. the next in line, you know, something like that. I don't know. Right, I make it so that it, it just goes on who's the oldest and they get Aye, it. Whether they're a man or a woman is irrelevant. Uh -huh. I think that Charles is, as well, he's very much like a king. <laughs> I was thinking, like, if it was, like, Trump as president and Boris as prime minister and then Charles as king, it's, like, very much, like appropriate i think but also a divorcee um and um not no being fucking short of controversy in his life so i think he's um fuck last week we happened to be just talking about you know taking bungs off of saudis and all mm -hmm. the rest so he's going to wrap that shit you know what i mean not no sure but what, how do you see him because he said he said last night he's in a dress that he sees it very much the same way as his mother did and that it's a lifelong duty that he's going to take. So it's yeah. no going to William, unless, you know, obviously. Aye. Like, but you would imagine um, aye, he's going to take over. And, and, and I would, how do you see it sort of? I mean, because he's very political. He's been a very political yeah. figure. Yeah. Letters to Tony Blair. Ah, the spider letters. Big into. Handwriting's apparently fucking disgraceful. Yeah, big into. <laughs> his writing looks like spiders, basically. Aye. Uh, big into, like, climate change. Um, aye. And uh, I think a lot of sort of animal rights and stuff like that. So he's he's got his own sort of like interest in political views from Monarch. It'll be interesting to see how that sort of impacts what he does. I mean, if at all. obviously there's, there's the claim that they're apolitical. There's multiple bits of evidence that neither the Queen nor now King Charles have ever been apolitical. Um, they have, you know, sort of exemptions for you know, certain types of laws around employment and stuff like that for the palaces and whatever else, amongst several other things, you know what I mean? So, it's, he needs to be seen to be apolitical, but he will also have, you know, a weekly meeting with the Prime Minister, mm -hmm. you know, face to face, just as his mother did, whilst she could, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know. You don't have a weekly meeting with the king as a prime minister and never talk politics. Of course. Uh, you know what I mean? So, aye. It's just about the image. It's about the appearance of, you know, being apolitical. So if there is ways in which he can show a bit of leadership on things like climate change, of course that would be welcome because, I mean, look at what's going on in places like Pakistan and stuff like that now where, you know, the entire country is in complete disarray. Tens mm -hmm. of millions of people out of homes and, you know, this is, again... Something that we're seeing in, you know, the quote-unquote global south a lot as well, where this is already happening. Like, so if there's any kind of leadership that, that you know, the British monarchy can offer on that, that people listen to, you know, the mayor, the merrier, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's early doors. I think, you know, his mum was clearly a, a traditional, or a traditionalist. I think that, you know, this is the way that they'll have been brought up. And I, I don't know that, you know, He's going to have to look to emulate her to the best of his ability because she's going to be revered in exactly all the ways we've discussed, you know, by the people who actually yeah. care about that type of shit. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think he's going to have to just 
go on with it and see what happens, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. What do you make of him giving Megan and Harry's kids their titles? And I think that was off the table. Um, and oh, I never heard any of this. So I, I think, as I like, say, the announcement came, and I'd been on the, the group chat with the lads in the afternoon. You know, shall we say, speculating um, and having a bit of laugh about the scenario. Um, but at the same time, kind of when the announcement happened, I was a bit like, you know what, right? That's that's plenty now. Right, you know what aye. I mean? Like, and I have been, you know, there's been memes and shit, and you know, the posts in the in the group chats back and forth about uh-huh. look at how ridiculous some of this stuff is. Um, but I, beyond that, I've just kind of went right. That's it done now. The rest it doesn't really have an awful lot of meaning to me. I'm I'm just scrolling through Twitter and seeing, you know, the Ascension Council this morning and all these other bits and a pomp and circumstance. You uh-huh. know, people making a big deal of like Nicola Sturgeon, you know, bowing to the king and you know signing his proclamation and you're like she's the first minister of scotland Aye, like, she has to do the it. first thing he gets up and talks about is scotland's claim of right like she's she has to be there uh-huh. she has to do it she's doing her job you know what i mean like so i that one was a bit silly but i i've kind of like just went right mm. that's enough for me and that's enough for me then right. to be honest with you so I've, I've dipped in and out in the subsequent days but i didn't watch his announcement i i, I think i've seen the announcement that there is now that the new prince and princess of wales yeah, um, but again, this is all stuff that like we all knew one one moves on and they all bump up one. So I, I, again, I wasn't. Oh my god, there's a new Prince of Wales. Like you know, we all knew that was coming. So I didn't. I wasn't keeping an eye on it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The stuff that I was following and, and obviously getting in about and I spoke about it briefly on Twitter yesterday was like to me some of the people. Some of it looks a bit performative, but you know, as genuine to them, I just as we say, I just don't get it. But some of the companies that were like sharing condolences and stuff like that was it got a wee bit fucking out there and uh, I a bit cringing in a lot of cases. Like um I seen one the day that I actually then fired in a group chat and it was quite funny that we were talking about, you know, Williams sort of preferred activities in the bedroom last week. Like <laughs> it was fucking on behalf of like Paupers UK. Oh, no. <laughs> we'd like to offer our condolences to her majesty the queen Fucking hell, uh, really? the one i posted was like the british kebab awards and do you know what, what was the biggest gutter for me with that one was that they did a picture of her sitting in a window and there was like a wee bit of negative space on the shelf next to her and they didn't photoshop in a pint on the window ledge and a kebab and in a kebab. lap but I, the british uh, kebab association <laughs> and summers and summers had a you know for all you've done for womanhood and you're like you know probably like the vibrator websites could have sat this one out you know i I mean mean, there is we've spoke about this previously with things like pride where it's all this sort of performative support you know like we are here and it and it's getting to the point now where you're kind of like you can just say nothing like we don't need everybody like coming out and being like oh but i turn in like every top flight football team in the uk turned their badge black and white yes apart from i don't know if celtic eventually did it i know like last time i looked people were like celtic i didn't even yet. look to be honest we had a conversation through the course of the day with one of my mates and we were talking about that oh they're going to start to see all this you know sort of logo bullshit and you know the commemoration way. yada yada and he was like aye so is anybody going on to the coca-cola website the more inspecting their logo to be anything other than red and i was just like well no, I don't know why the fuck would anybody else do it? And you're like, 
fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, but I Pizza Hut, fucking one for Poundland. You know, where the Queen and Poundland cannot possibly have anything in common apart from the pound that you used to pay has got her face on it. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, as if like Charles is sitting there being like, "Is that sorry, Camille?" Like, you know, JD Sports and fucking pound stretch should have been in touch now you know what i mean aye, like, you're like just just maybe just simmer down you aye, know what i mean like, sure. it's so weird isn't it though that um because i think it's like that sort of fear of people being like well what you know this sort of thing that you see i don't know if it actually does happen it just happens on the internet where people are like well they support such and such so i'm never using their service ever again yeah. it's almost like the fear of that happening vodafone never came out and said so I'm cancelling my contract and I'm moving over to O2 and it's just like, I think that just happens on the internet. I don't yeah. think people actually like fall through with that shit. Like, you see Kevin Bridges? Aye, I felt a bit bad for him, you know what I mean? Like, because what he said was completely innocuous, you know what uh -huh. I mean? Like, he has a stand-up comedian, like, opening his show on, you know, a day where you have to acknowledge it he in had, some sense. You say something, You can't walk on... I mean, he said he's like, doors opened at half six. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's when the announcement was made. Uh -huh. Like, you, you, you can't walk on and just be like, so this is something that's not happening. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, he had to say something. Aye. And what he said was completely like a non event. It was like, maybe a kind of like half jokey statement of fact that had nothing to do with it. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sort like, of like a comment on the sort of fuel cost stuff and, and you know, like, um, aye. I mean, the BBC, I think somebody said that uh, there's been flying about twitter where it's like every, you know the cost of living crisis everything just sort of pales in comparison to this and it's oh, just kind of like no, do, you know said what? That. do you know what it really fucking does not because see next week see after the funeral and see after people have fucking wiped their crocodile tears off their cheeks people just go back to their fucking life and of things just go on as normal but we'll be returning to oh that's right you know people are going to need to choose between feeding their kids or yeah. their homes and like do you know what see if that See if an old woman who has like a token to me, to the majority, I think to the majority of people, if you take in the planet, she is absolutely like insignificant. And if mm. you think that the fucking Ukraine war or the, the fucking, the cost of living crisis. Or it needs to get parked because. The rise of the right and, and fucking Europe is just pales in comparison because like, I, I don't think so. No, I genuinely don't no think so. It's one of them like. She has a, a, you know, a symbol, as you say, like to all these people that we've spoke about already that are, you know, upset or whatever the fuck, you know, they're doing up with But on the flip side, of it, she's also, a, you know, and I've seen a lot of this, or, you know, shut up, you know, don't talk about colonialism and all these other things you like. But if she's a symbol to you in a, in a positive sense, yeah. you cannot then on the other side of it tell other people that she can't yeah. symbolize like the oppression that they and their people have experienced under Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? funny like, how the free, free speech brigade don't like it when it's like, aye. we want to make comments. I think this is the perfect time to talk about colonialism, the perfect time to talk about the pageantry and how it doesn't really fit in with the society Bella, that we've built. I think it was Bella Caledonia or something like that this morning that was tweeting and said along the lines of mental how all this Ascension Council stuff is like happening today before anybody has a chance to think about whether or not we want it to happen. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I, I kind of see that as well. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I, the, the football thing was one where I was like, oh, you've not got a black badge. That, you know, you're not grieving the way that you should. Like, well, one, I'm, I'm not grieving. Uh -huh. 
recognise the situation and try and, you know, get through it without fucking tarnishing yeah. everything we've worked for. But at the same time, well, I'm not grieving. I, so, like, why would I need to feel like you're feeling when we don't feel the same? Uh-huh. You know it's what I mean? Like, like, fucking, if, when it happens in North Korea, it's brainwashing, but when it happens here, it's, like, commemorative. And, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, guys, look, see, at the end of the day, like... Aye, she she's a symbol of a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Yep. And just the same as you are demanding respect for a, the passing of a human being, which I believe should be given. Aye. It's not disrespectful to uh, reevaluate the role that they played in the world and that it could potentially get passed on to their fucking exactly. son. I don't think there's especially when there's twenty four seven news coverage on the, one of the main channels in the country. You know putting out there just an overwhelmingly positive picture uh-huh. like there needs to be and this type of conversation a right to reply and uh, like, like like everybody who says well you know what about the, the colonial past of the uk that you know she was part of what about you know sectarian troubles in northern ireland that you know she reigned over though you know all these other things like i think if that's the question that is on your mind feel free to ask it absolutely you know what I mean? absolutely i mean the bbc were putting articles that talking about the special relationship between the uk and africa and you're like special relationship <laughs> like that fucking was, hell man that headline like, was wow. then a lot of fucking heavy lifting winter that's a, that's, a, that's a bit of spin man it was the the <laughs> footage airs in whatever 1970 something 1980 something and she's over in africa somewhere and she's sitting talking in a group of what well, i'm assuming were like african leaders for various countries and somebody had been like oh you know like what do you know africa and she was like mate i've been to like everywhere in africa i probably know more about africa than you to like an african you know what i mean like, and that wasn't the, the exact word in it obviously but <laughs> she was saying that throughout the commonwealth and her travels and before she was queen she had a lot of time for africa and blah 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 you know what i mean like but it was basically like like, dude, I own half this place and I've been to Oya. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen more Africa than you've seen. And you're like, she's probably right. Uh, she probably but I don't right. think that is a particularly endearing clip, to be yeah, honest with you. You know what I mean? I'm very respectful. Um, <clears throat> I, why do you think, I mean, I get why that they've cancelled the football. I get it. Like, mm. in a sense of, like, in, in the UK, I understand that it's like maybe... <clears throat> I was choking to come up here, get this done, and watch Angels oh, after 100%, him. <laughs> me too, but I, as soon as it happened, there's, like, there's no going to be any football this weekend, it's expected. Aye, that's why pretty is, much the first thing we said. I think, like, why is the rugby and the fucking cricket? Like, because the football crowd are trade bags. And there was a thing for I think ESPN had a quote for somebody saying basically the FA were afraid that, you know, certain sections of the country would not abide by minute silences and stuff like that and they didn't want it to like negatively bring attention to you know football so they thought you know what just cancel it in scotland they're just spineless and they just followed what the english English, you know what i mean they never gave it a second thought on their own behalf whatsoever you know junior football i mean fucking hell like there's guys like my 10 year old can he go and play for 45 minutes with like seven other mates a day because the queen died and you're like how is that necessary? Like, mm-hmm. see, like, top flight, I, you know, you're worried about 60, 70, 80,000 people in a stadium, whatever they, they are in the country, right? Are we be setting up fireworks soon as well? I mean, there was fireworks up my uh, neck of the woods after uh, the announcement, and, like, I, I did have a brief chuckle, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, 
it wouldn't be me you know what i mean like, but there, there was firework up my life aye. um but i they're talking about the rugby and the football. Oh, aye, they're just aye, and just particularly in this country, it. they just shat up. So fear and backlash. I mean, can you imagine Celtic Park out there after for Livingston this afternoon? They try to bust out a minute silence for the Queen. I mean, they've probably done us a favour in that respect. Aye, you know, probably, I, mean, like, I mean, they'll probably have it next weekend, though. The, the, aye, oh, the, it's going to happen regardless. But it maybe doesn't need to happen the day. Uh-huh. You know, Do you what I mean, like, I don't think they'll cancel the Champions League though. Because like you so know, I think Rangers have asked for a postponement of the Napoli game. They've asked for it, apparently so. Right. Okay. No, they, we were both offered, and they've went. Well, we'll take it, sort of thing. So, I think UEFA. Somebody said to them, "If you if you want it postponed, like in this instance, you can have it." I don't know. Right. So, so they still playing Shakhtar. <clears throat> I, I we're away in Poland, so I think they're just doing it. I don't good. think there's any chat of Celtic postponing or right, anything like good. that. Right, Came at a fucking terrible time, and I suppose like we don't we don't talk football a lot on on this pod, but we we have touched on it, and I think that Celtic Real Madrid has been the 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 fixture that always gets mm-hmm. mentioned whenever there's a Champions League draw. We'd never got them, and it was a it was a historical it was a event. So yeah. I think we should talk about it because I, I um. First of all, I thought the atmosphere at Parkhead was fucking electric. Oh, it was aye. like unreal. But um, for half an hour of the game, man, I thought we fucking dominated it. Yeah, I would have said up to, you know, you know, just as the pretty much as the first goal went in, that we were in it. It could have arguably went either way right up to that point. But you know, I was pleased that we had to make them play like they were the European champions. Like you know, there was. A bit of regret that we didn't take some of our chances early on because then you never know, especially the way Celtic Park was. Like, I've only, since getting up my season book, had like five or six games where I've watched and been like, fuck man, I wish I had uh-huh. my ticket the night. You know what I mean? And that was definitely one of them because even at 3-0 down, coming off the park, the place was just fucking on its feet to a man. It was incredible. You know what I mean? Like, and I think it's the mace together I've ever seen the fans and the team. Mm-hmm. Like whatever Andrew's done... You know what I mean? Like he's come in, he's played this brand of football. Even I had to say, you know, you can't. I've always said to the lads, and especially in the group chat, like you can't go out and play against Real Madrid the way he plays against fucking Ross County because that's what Brendan Rodgers did, and we get fucking scudded about stupid. And it's just, it's just we need to be realistic. Uh-huh. And going you know, through the summer, I'm like, we need a big ugly bastard central defensive midfielder for these European games because we're going to get you know passed about. Um, and after the Real Madrid game, I was like, no, do you know what? We can play against Europe's top teams exactly the way we play against Scottish teams because we've just shown for like 60-odd minutes that that's what we can do. Uh-huh. And that like just level of belief that the guy's got is so intoxicating that he's got the entire dressing room. He's got, you know, one of the biggest. He's too deep in every position on the park. Well, first, guys that would be first-choice stars at any other Scottish team, like the depth and like sort of make up of the squad is the best it's been Aye, in years. I think it was you know what I mean? like, frightening the midweek game against Ross County in nine, eight, nine changes. Blow them away. That's a, tough, that's a tough place to go. Aye, aye. And a in a cup pl- game, one half, anything can happen. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, but I just the buy-in for the team, that, you know, attitude that he's got, that, you know, that we don't stop thing is just really, like, I've never seen something like that, that idea or notion take within 
like the entire club uh-huh. like everybody's on board yeah you know i mean I that the middle of the park mcgregor hitati and o'reilly for the first like when I was saying the first half hour, I thought we were winning the match for the first half hour, the Aye. last 10, 15 minutes of the first half. We came off it a wee bit, we hit the, I thought, see when we hit the post, I felt like the wind got taken out of sails. Um, a wee bit. And I th- but then, like... They went up through the gears as they, well. They absolutely, I think they get their balls booted at half I think they actually did. Surely. They must have got the hair dryer out. But mate, I just, that's the best team on the planet. And CEC them chasing their fucking tails for like half an hour against it it's gave even like i think fucking lennon has gave me some sort of like celtic ptsd where, <laughs> you know like you go into you go into watch celtic games you're just nervy you're like fuck, it's finally going away like what you're just like I mean, what were we like before that no offense to them but the rangers game come in here like with like four beers and was so chill what Everybody was like <clears throat> in the group chat and that. What's the script? I'm like plus two, like easy, like we're we're winning this today, sort of thing. And I that hang is gone. Like just total belief in what's mm-hmm. happening now. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And for what three transfer windows, the guys managed to like you're saying go too deep on every position. We had problem positions at Celtic that had been there for like a decade. Aye. And this guy's just come in and just <clears throat> like a fucking magician. Really? It's, it's the standards. Unreal. He just refuses to ref- accept anything less than the standard that he expects. And there is no debate. And like, I do respect that. But he also does it in a way that brings people with him. You know what I mean? Like he's clearly, you watch the open goal stuff and all the rest of it. He, he's clearly like just a nice guy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But when he gets into that professional mode, he's like a fucking shark, man. And I love it. Aye. Like the level of like controlled aggression we're seeing is just, aye. I, I'm I'm like salivating watching the games. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely love it. Um, I'm kind of like I don't really want to talk more about, about the politics and that again because three some yeah, what's her name? Fucking Liz Trust. I can't even remember her name. Know, uh, fucking four days in. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like, aye, she's gave them a hundred thirty billion to the energy companies. We need to pay it back for twenty years. But it's shit. Aye. Okay. We've seen the fu- we've seen the first showing and it's not a good showing. No, took her like twenty four hours to hand over twenty years worth of tax money to a former employer. But hey, what did we expect? But no, I think like I've been pure indulging in escapism. So I have like again right. where the last couple of weeks I've just been like, and I think we said in one of the, you know the, we'll maybe call this the trilogy since we've not guessed for the three episodes. But <laughs> and the first one like we're talking about how you know this was getting hard for folk and like i'm there now you know what i mean like where you know work industrial action you know various other bits and bobs with the house and getting to a point where we're just like fuck it we're moving um you know mrs health and all these other things so i've just been like you know what man i don't need some of this noise right now um mm. and then <laughs> i stupidly picked the lord of the rings to get into <laughs> um which has got a lot of noise around it but like i've watched the first three now and like it's perfectly watchable. Aye. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? What's like, the noise in it? That it's the, no, it's all the fucking woke this and woke that nonsense because there's, as we're saying, you know, black elves and all that kind of care. Right. And like, same with the House of the Dragon one. There's somebody's been race swapped and they're all like, and you're just like, both of them have been quite good. You know what I mean? Who like, cares? Aye. Who cares? They're, they're good to, I've enjoyed watching them. Like, the House of the Dragon one has actually got dragons for like the get go and they're everywhere and I'm into it. I'm, I'm digging it. Like Matt Smith is 
like bounced about a wee bit since like Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and you know he's been the baddie in Terminator, and he's been the baddie in Morbius, and he's clearly trying to like get away from maybe the, like the good guy sort of Doctor image or whatever it is that you know, so he's not getting typecast all his life as uh-huh. the you know good looking hero type or whatever. But it seems like he's finally found the character in this one where he is just a fucking bastard and right. he's aggressive and just confrontational and like it's very like you know he wants the throne type you know character and like he's brilliant and in the last episode the action sequences and everything were absolutely fucking dynamite and that's all i'm into you know what i mean like <laughs> same with the lord of the rings like the lord of the rings they're gonna a billion pounds it looks like they spent a fucking billion Aye. pounds on it it looks fucking incredible looks so it does like it feels very much like a lord of the rings sort of world that it's happening in and I there is like some like as i say visual representations of people that wouldn't have been normally expected but even Tolkien was like don't make assumptions about who my characters are in Narnia like you know what i mean like he's very much like interpret it however you interpret it right. that's what literature is is how you interpret what you're reading it's you know it's how you personalize and internalize all these things you know what i mean like so he didn't give a fuck <laughs> you know what ah, i mean like, so i don't either i've, I've been quite enjoying yeah, both of them it's just all this sort of push that come that just comes with life the new into it just that pure everything everything's getting brought back to left and right mm-hmm. and we're oh look at look at them and oh they're cancelling him and like this whole <laughs> fucking so like i mate i'll i'll I think out of the two of them, I would be more interested in uh, tuning into the Game of Thrones stuff because mm-hmm. I've seen all that. Like I've seen that TV. Whereas with Lord of the Rings, I just can't stay awake. I just see through the movies, man. I just constant. I've seen Fellowship of the Rings start to finish. I've seen all of Return of the King, but in like bits. Yeah. And then the last one, I'm, I've like fell asleep during about fucking 13, 14 times. I like the carry. Hobbit stuff, I. Uh-huh. I know I've seen them, but I remember absolutely nothing of them apart from the, the lad the shit walks in them, whose name I can't remember. Martin. Martin Freeman. Aye, that's the guy, aye. Um, <clears throat> but aye, everything's coming, like you're saying there about like, oh, representation, Star Wars have done it, Marvel are doing it. It just uh, needs to be done. Like you just we need to just shut up and go on with it. Like everything comes back to this sort of left or right thing. I don't know if you've seen um I think this one just comes down to just chill the fuck out and enjoy I, it. Both of them are like high budget, high production, you know, visually like engaging stories that are interesting, have roots in act like the particularly let's say the House of the Dragon stuff is you know very in line with like you know the house of tudor and all the rest of it uh-huh. so there is like some interesting stuff kind of going on in them as well like narratively like their context and history and all these other types of things what they're meant to represent like i've not had an issue i mean i know people go oh i don't see color but like see in something like this i, I mean i don't I, I watched the first two episodes of the lord of the rings one came out and then when i was seeing the reaction i was like oh fuck guy that guy is black Aye. I was just looking at him as an elf. Aye. I wasn't it, like, oh, he's a black it's elf. A, it's you know a, myth, I mean? it's a mythical world. Like, aye. We can do what we, we like. It's like, aye, it's a weird sort of thing, isn't it? Like, we, we, I think sometimes that we forget that we, we've we created everything, really. Like, the, the, we talk about even, like, currency in the market and this sort of weird mythical, like, oh, you know, how's the market going? Guys, we, we fucking created this. Like, aye. we can do what we like with it. Stop fucking try to be like no it should be i i just kind of got on board with that but i don't know if you've picked up on any of the sort of, I, I don't even i don't think we've even really spoke about this any of the sort of andrew tate stuff that's been going on so i did see it i mean i, I didn't really 
I'd heard the name and I'd heard people talking about him being some sort of fucking king of the incels on Twitter or eh, no, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, was the kind of like general chat that I go, and then the next thing I got was, oh, he's been banned everywhere, and I was like, well, he's been deplatformed. Sounds like good riddance. Uh, you know for I mean? sure, like, he was a guy that doorstepped Mike Stuckbury. Right, aye, oh fuck no, we did talk about that, right? So, so I, he was a kickboxer when we yeah. when we um, when we interviewed Mike, and he was talking about that when he was doing the Tommy Robinson sort of anti Tommy Robinson stuff. Some fucking coked up kickboxer turned up at his fucking house, and he, his kids inside, and so this guy's no. Basically, he's got this thing called Hustlers University or the Hustle, <laughs> right, okay. Hustlers Academy. Because that does not sound like a scam immediately. It's, a, it's, a, it's an MLN. It is a pyramid scheme, and what he's been doing. And see, to be fair, you know, in in the in the air of this sort of like credit where credit's due, where people have been saying that we're about the fucking queen. If you're going to give the guy any credit, he is an internet marketing genius, right? But he is a fucking whether or not this is the, the other sort of debate about it is does he believe what he's saying whether or not he believes what he's saying see if he doesn't believe it i think that's worse because what he's doing is is that he's coming away with sort of misogynistic stuff like he said that he moved to romania because it's legal to rape women there and he's like but i'd never rape a woman but i just want the option to do it fucking hell right so what he's doing and it's like all this sort of stuff about you know if you look back in the cavemen and oh, that's oh, fucking right, okay. shit, mate. So well, he's an anthropologist? Absolutely fucking not, right? <laughs> but it's all this sort of stuff, you know, where it's like women just want money and status. That's what they want for a guy. And right. here's true masculinity. And there's no such thing that's as what he wants toxic to be want masculinity and Aye. blah, blah, blah. Aye, because he's got money. That's like, he just. He, what he wants like to the believe Dan this. Cunt and and it's all fucking fake. Like I was actually watching something pretty similar um, the other night. There, it was the thing on Netflix. The the, the man, the most hated man. That's in the that one. Way. I as ever anyone up where it was basically like the sort of genesis for internet revenge porn. Uh -huh. And this guy was just unrepentant. You know what I mean? And he was leading people into an almost sort of cult like kind of thing that sounds for as though sure. was formulating around this guy Tate. So. Aye, anything that cuts these guys out of the equation. Is the I better. would say it's a good thing. You know what, what I mean? What he was doing that was actually like the bit where you're like, right, kinda get, right? So he So when you when you join these like Hustlers Academy thing mm -hmm. or you become an affiliate, he'll send you content and then these guys would like chop up the content, subtitle it for TikTok put it on tiktok and then put a link to his course and if somebody clicks on the link to the course they get like 200 quid so it's like a two grand course right they get like 10 percent <coughs> of that they get like 200 quid which it was genius in the sense that i think bots started to jump onto it okay because it was trending so they just got all these like farms like internet farms like yeah sharing his content you couldn't go on tiktok instagram reels like without seeing the cunt on, a, on um on a uh, youtube but I'll tell you what's so in that sense, you're like, that's kind of genius, and it's created a blueprint for people to be like, Oh, we could do this. Mm -hmm. But the message that he was sending is frightening, mate. It's so fucking scary that a guy like that is like, I um well, I mean, even this internet, like talking up rape and talking aye. up like misogyny. This, you know, internet's most hated man was like whatever 10, 15 years ago. So, you know. There's guys out there that we had the, the fucking, what's his name in Glasgow, the Addy, uh, whatever Addy it was. Game. It was, you know, <clears throat> coaching incels on how to, you know, 
abuse women into relationships and stuff like that. So there is clearly a, a market for unstable, lonely men out there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, you know, there always will be by the looks of it. Uh-huh. And then we're, now we're getting the, oh, you're just going to, the, the sort of common bullshit you just hear, see especially in this room, mate, I hear people just repeating the same shit over and over and over and over and over, and over again, you know, yeah. like, um, somebody was put, somebody that comes in here was like, taking fucking photos of Jordan Peterson at the Armadillo the other night and like, oh, the greatest thinker of our time. And I'm like, that guy proclaimed on a podcast that he took a spoonful of apple cider vinegar and it caused six months insomnia or some bullshit. Like, I don't think he's the greatest thinker of our no. time. Like, I think that he's a, a reductionist in the sense that they came away with all this just pish <laughs> for fucking idiots. And these guys are like, don't know feel lost in the world and when they hear somebody basically going it's all right to be a man they're like that's what i think too Aye. i think that i think you, sh- you need to get up and fucking um but anyway i'm getting i'm gonna f- i'm gonna f- no no i'll you topic on on that but people were saying just the amount of people that i heard repeat oh it's just going to push more people towards his platform and it's like i think we can compartmentalize the fucking morons let them go to his website I Aye. would rather that 100,000 people went want to jump on Telegram with him. Aye, exactly. You know I mean? Then young, impressionable guys see it on fucking TikTok and mm-hmm. start repeating it. Aye. You know, and start thinking that that's all right. That, you, that this guy, that somehow, you know, he's like some sort of like fucking God because he's got a Bugatti and he walks about with a fucking 20 grand watch on. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if we should be aspiring to fucking be like that. Aye, but when you're 12, what the fuck do you know about that type of thing? Other than like this guy clearly looks like he's on top of the world and... You know, looks obviously deceiving, but at 12, 13, 14, you don't have a fucking clue. You know what I mean? Like if, if somebody like that is constantly in your face across the various social media platforms, then you are over time going to be influenced by it, especially as you start agree. to see friends in your peer group start to act and speak and behave in similar agree. ways. It's almost, you know, like the content, it becomes almost viral. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Or it spreads in that kind of way where... I get them off the mainstream stuff, and if there's people, if there's a hardcore, because that's how all these grifters make them. It's how Tommy Robinson and you know Linehan's yeah. and you know all the other ones that have been like, oh, I've been chased after the mainstream, and you're like, no, you've had your ass felt because you were being a dick, uh-huh. and now go to Discord or go to Telegram and take the you know twenty, thirty thousand people that still want to hear your bullshit with you, and let us forget about you. Uh-huh. You know, what I, I mean? said to a guy that was in here. Look at what the platform and Tommy Robinson and Alex Jones has done for them. Because the guy was just going, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, it's, it's not, mate. It might in your mind, or it might for the people that are involved. The small like, amount of people that are left will absolutely become more fervent. Uh-huh. So it will still look to somebody in that community as if that community is pure, vibrant, and thriving uh-huh. when actually the diluted number of people have got exponentially angrier. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know there, was mean, a, there was a guy in here that was doing a podcast, uh, he was a guest. And he was going on about how I quite like I quite like Andrew Tate and all that sort of stuff. Just try to be very moderate about it all. Mm. And then he said, and it was all they were talking about all this like pure aye men need to be men, and it was all this fucking just bash mate guys like twenty one year old he knows fuck all. Like. <laughs> but the, he said that he's like I know what men are like, so I would put like a tracker on my girlfriend's phone so that I know where she is. And it's just like wow. nah mate, you're doing mental gymnastics like that's control. Like you want to be able to control yeah. your girlfriend, and you're you're telling yourself 
that the reason for it I is the camera was no there when I pulled that face. <laughs> Aye, fuck. But that's that's literally and it's that sort of realization. Like I'm sitting there, there having that sort of realization when I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's like 21, 22 year old. When I was 21, 22, I was a fucking idiot. And he's a fucking idiot. Aye. But they, I'm still a fucking idiot. They, these guys are now like, weirdly get these platforms on TikTok and people are like, aye, like people that are younger than them. Are aye, like, he's oh. in validity. So it does, like, uh -huh. I, I know a few folk through various, like, you know, social circles and whatnot that take TikTok quite seriously. And, uh, you know, fair play to them, like, the, one of the, the lads I know was like, oh, I got like X amount, like tens of thousands of views on this video. Yeah, they are, they are. And I was pure, oh, that's that's awesome, dude. Like, so what what did you get for that? And he was like, what do you mean? Like, so uh, can't what, was, it? What, was the, what was the upshot for you of X amount, tens or hundreds of thousands of views? Uh, you know, I got loads of views on TikTok and you're like, ah, you're right, cool. And what are you doing, mate? Uh, <laughs> he's just Aye. like, it's not real. Like, it's, you know, the sort of preferred medium now, you know, is, is huge. You know what I mean? Like, as having like social impacts through guys like Tate, as we were talking, like the depth trial and stuff like uh -huh. that. You know what I mean? Like, so it's something that needs to be like considered the impact that it's having on people. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, um, but at the same time, if you're in that world where you think that being some sort of like TikTok personality uh, or, you know, I don't know, how you engage with your audiences through this, you know, sort of medium, then, you know, cool. So long as you're not being a dick, then all power to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but if you're weaponizing it to like spew shite at idiots for money, then there needs That's to be it. protections in place to stop that. I also you think I mean? that... Like, there is a part of this, and, and I hate to say it because this is how I make the majority of my living, that this sort of like, even what we're doing here mm -hmm. has to have an element of responsibility to it in the sense yeah. that it was a comedy podcast in America that started to meme Andrew Tate. Right. So he was out there doing like long form and people were just watching it and like, this guy's a fucking moron. Mm -hmm. But they would be picking these sort of misogynistic clips and they wouldn't they weren't like being like we agree with us they were laughing at him right they were like look at this guy he was on board with it but aye uh, but they memed him and then he's seen the power of these like 60 second clips yeah yeah they've been doing that the reason that they do that now this podcast in particular does this segment where they there's like four of them they all like maybe it seems like i think like the wall pick like a tiktok and, I like they'll react to it. and they're reacting to these Aye. TikToks. There's like one of the ones where the you know that is one of my least favorite bits of content. Is and it's people reacting to content. People just reacting to content. Content, and react, like, Aye. content creators reacting I to came other people's guy, content. I came across a guy who was reacting to one of the creators that I actually follow on YouTube, and dude had like fucking two hundred fifty thousand views, and he's literally just his face while he sits and watches a screen, and you're like, Who the fuck is watching this? Like, I know, mate, I, but as you say that. Some of my some of my favorite videos are like, you know, like uh rappers react to Slipknot and you just see these like guys they're just like, What the fuck is this? Do you know what I mean? Aye. But sometimes they're like, This is fucking class. But anyway, Rage Against the Machine stuff. There's actually I don't know. There's something about it. It's like comforting to what I don't know. I think I, I've seen like TikToks of folk like reacting to songs, right, whatever. But I mean like an actual dedicated YouTube channel I, where your entire Everything you do is just sitting and like 
no even you can't even see the content they're watching you know what i mean oh, uh, right, this guy's like right. you're seeing house face while he watches another screen uh-huh. and then like reacts to it and stuff like right, that and you're just like something strange about this it, is fucking the weird the unboxing stuff and watching people consume food is another like Aye. thing and then watching people consume content mukbangs and that's that uh-huh. stace was like oh i'm watching this thing that's mukbangs and i was like the fuck is a mukbang and she's like it's you know this whatever south people, korean meal or whatever right. it is and like, okay and that's where the term comes from. it's like asian tapas but it's always a mixture of so they get these big massive things yeah. and then even though it might not always be like asian food the term is still sort of transferable to these yeah, yeah. content creators is that right so you're so you're just watching somebody sitting and literally fucking stuff their face and she's like aye <laughs> okay aye. i don't get it it's, it's weird it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing but um I like just thinking about that, like looking for views and then perpetuating like terrible fucking content mm. and actually being a big part in something that then spirals out of control and ends up with like, Aye. you know, <clears throat> FBI investigations. And like Andrew Tate, the re- one of the reasons that Andrew Tate's in Romania is because he's wanted for people trafficking in the UK. I've seen that. So I think, was it no other way? Was it no in was it no Romania he was charged with something like that? No, I think he, that's the reason why he stays there. Oh, because right, okay. they won't extradite. Like, I don't think he can come back to the UK. I think he's wanted for like people trafficking charges that I think maybe have been dropped or not right. been dropped and stuff like I'd that. I'd heard so. that he was under investigation for something, but I thought it was in Romania. But aye. aye. You'll probably be more caught up on this one. Yeah, I've probably, I've probably got that like terribly wrong. But So I watched the other thing that we were talking about last week as well, the... Well, I started watching it, the the mushrooms thing, the Oh, how to change your how mind. How to change your mind. I I got through the first episode on LSD. Right. Um which Randass and <laughs> I talking about that. I mean I like the the idea that I, I, there was a thing about how certain like Californian industries like Silicon Valley and various other things that became like the, the basis of other things that now exist in sort of dominate the modern world came for guys who were into psychedelics and stuff like that and helped with the like creative process and i thought that was quite an interesting idea um but i kind of like the guys doing the research kind of invalidate the research for me a lot of the ways because every single person that was involved in and they're doing these studies i'm not like down on like the, their scientific techniques because I don't know, you know what I mean, how the fuck do you study LSD? I have no idea, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But because they were all proponents of LSD already, I don't think they're the right people to then investigate yeah. what kind of benefits it can and can't have for the outside world because we're now 50 years or so and, you know, more than that and, you know, investigating LSD and we're still to find like a definitive use for it beyond people like the sensation of being on it. Yeah. Um, they are making arguments that it can help with trauma and all these other things that cool i hope it does but these guys are not the guys to tell me that that's the case for me yeah because every single one of them was like so i started investigating lsd and the first thing i did was sit down in a darkened room with a mate and took lsd and you're like is there any other medical profession where that would be the case like if you were like a you know oncologist are you like testing chemotherapy drugs before you administer them or before you research them? You're probably not. Like, or as a therapist, are you test driving antidepressants that your clients may or may not be on? Like, 
I would certainly fucking yeah. hope not. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one of these where I their thought process might be right. I hope their conclusions are right, but I think I want my dude in a white coat to like not be high. Yeah, for you know sure, what I mean? like, for sure. I and I totally understand. I think like I I get that. I think you're right. I think that there is a lot of sort of confirmation bias that will go on, and they'll yeah. That you see that with the weed stuff, like you know, like it, it gets overstated. Mm-hmm. Like it really does get overstated. Like um, there have been circumstantial things, you know, people curing epilepsy and, and Parkinson's, yeah. but it's no, there's never been any widespread studies to see does it have a medical effectiveness above mm-hmm. like whatever, 40% or whatever, so that you could be like, right, this is a an actual viable treatment. There's never really been that. I suppose on the guys like Ram Das and Terence McKenna, they only became, propo- they, I mean, they were, they were genuine scientists and doctors that just yeah. happened to take it. And even the guys, <laughs> just like, even the, the guys that are in the more modern side, they are, you know, they are legit, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to like say, oh, these guys are no like world-class scientists, but at the same time, even in the modern setting, the dude from Switzerland picked up his fucking shipment of LSD when the Swiss government said that they could restart studies. And this guy's first reaction was, I was walking through the streets of, you know, Switzerland with this LSD and it was legal and he was giddy. Uh, and like the first thing uh-huh. he did was go back and sit in a darkened room with a colleague and take LSD. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm a bit like, because it's kind of like really invalidates your yeah, findings for I, me. You know what I mean? There to like, be an element of objectivity. And you yeah, see that a lot with all these. You cannot be objective when you've spent 40 yeah, years trying to convince somebody. You see that somebody a lot that with all you, these Netflix documentaries, like the one where it's about the veganism and they're coming away with stuff that's been totally debunked. And it's just total, just people searching for something to yeah. be there. They're not looking for, the, they're not looking at the results. Mm-hmm. They are searching for shit. They're looking for positive results. When yep. You always find it. You'll always find that you you'll always find that the episode of that that I would say that and and I'll definitely continue on with the MDMA stuff is like off the charts like the Aye. shit. I mean, they're, they're, that's actually scientifically proven. You know, mm-hmm. like peer peer reviewed and people that are like not taking it and um I the, the stuff Aye, like that they're doing studies that, and stuff Aye, like that. Aye, this like is trauma and shit. this with the LSD was this was like a dude on a bed with like some candles and you're like. Where, where is the blind test? Where is the placebo effect? 100%. Where is all this? It's not, none of that's there. It's just some people being like, so you're going to take some LSD and then we're basically going to guide you through a meditation. I'm like, have somebody in the next room who's known LSD guided through a meditation? Like what? what See how they feel? I like what metrics are we using here for how people feel before, during and after it? Like, 100%. it's just like, you're going to have this really cool experience. And you're like, how much is suggestion? You know what I mean, like when you're in the state under like something like LSD, one of the early sort of things that people expected it to be used for was as a truth serum or, you know, potential mind control drugs and stuff uh-huh. like that were very much part of what was being investigated. So, you know, when you walk into a room with somebody who's like, I've had a lifelong positive experience with LSD and I'm going to guide you through. So, like, off of that is suggestion. You know what I mean? That's yeah, how, mate. you know I mean? what I <clears> mean? <throat> Where you've, you know what I mean? And this is the conversation they're having with these guys. And then he's having it with himself, you know, the, especially the, the fellow who was, you know, doing the test. To in what the you're first saying, there's, there's so many questions and uh, to what you're saying. And just even in doing any sort of therapy, when you realize that one of the key ingredients really, and it's critical, is, is that the person believes that it's going to work yeah. in some sense or 
Even they don't even <coughs> need to believe that it's going to work. See if they can suspend their disbelief of it, yeah, and just go in with like an open mind to see it work. Shit starts to happen, and yeah. when it does, it, it has this sort of Been effect. There? So what what is working? You know, like you end up like in this sort of like, but does it actually work then? Because what if it comes up against somebody that doesn't believe it's going to work and it doesn't? It's Aye. almost like so. What's the critical element here? Like the technique, the modality, or just the person's belief in you know, Definitely think these are things that need to be explored. I think the puritanical sort of approach that came for guys like you know Nixon and Reagan back in the sort of seventies and eighties in America, where it was like drugs are bad. Okay, you know what I mean? Uh, like Dell and fucking this is your brain on drugs. Aye, uh, so all of that can get in the fucking bin. Like science should be out there exploring these things and trying to get to them, but don't get high on your own supply when you're fucking doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Aye. I want. A dusty old white guy or whoever the fuck to be sober when they're telling me this shit can actually help you with your trauma this shit can actually help you with your anxiety or depression or your ptsd or all the things that they hope it can do and it looks like might be possible but like just like be sober when you're doing yeah it. <laughs> you know what i mean 100 but we're up there because i'm absolutely gasping for hi man me